Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you are feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I'm joined today by my wonderful husband, Josiah Keneally. Thank you, Josiah, for joining us once again. Hey, Micah. Hey, everybody. Oh, we love getting together with our friends online, and we love getting to meet them and you guys as well. So, Josiah, would you be willing to share and introduce our guest today? Absolutely. Always love doing this, and Today, we're joined for this episode on the show by Mike Mislinski. Mike Miz is one of the Chi Alpha pastors at the University of North Dakota, UND. Many of you know him actually as Ms. Beats. He is the hip-hop artist who has let our podcast, YoungAdults.Today, use the rights to his music, the song Feel Alive, for this show, the intro and outro. So he's already a huge part of this whole YoungAdults.Today squad. And whether you've heard of him yet or not, you have heard his music just by listening to this podcast. And recently, he released a new EP called Desert. So pastor, recording artist, friend of ours, here with us in the studio today in a different way. This time it's for a conversation. Ms. welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me, you guys. Love you. And I'm just humbled and honored to be a part of this team at youngadults.today. So I'm excited, you guys. I'm We're excited. so excited to have you. And here's the thing. I don't necessarily know the story between you and Josiah. So would you guys share with me, maybe, bring me in, how did you guys meet and what is your background, even for the audience listening right now? What's the connection here? It's a lot of fun. It's a good story. Yeah, so it kind of starts way back in high school, actually. And I was stuck at school. And I live pretty close, so I could have walked. But I was like, man, I need a ride. I wasn't saved yet. And uh, I was just like, hey, I've heard of this guy named Josiah. He was always this super nice guy. And so I just approached him like, hey, can I get a ride? He was Uber and, before um, Uber he was, was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did you say? He was Uber before Uber was a thing. <laughs> Dude, straight up, bro. You were. You were. <laughs> But yeah, he gave me a ride, gave me a lift, and there were like some, there's a salt packet and a playing card, and they were like focal points for him. And that was one of the first times I ever really heard of, you know, someone in high school that like loved God, not because of his like parents' faith, but because he loved his faith. So that was like a focal point and a touch point for our relationship to start. And then fast forward to winter break, um, after my freshman year of college, home for the, for the holidays, and that's when my life changed and Josiah was a part of that. He capitalized on it, heard about me going to a church event and invited me to, to youth group. And, um, dude, at that youth group, I got, I got saved. I was like, Lord, I don't know you. And I rose my hand and he was there from the beginning for me, uh, when I was 18 and we've been friends ever since, man. So for real, a great, great friend, like inner circle friend in my life then and to this day. And yeah, like, I just remember growing up in the church. And when I, when I got car keys, when I, when I turned 16 years old, I bought a Jeep and in that Jeep that you rode in for the first Uber ride, uh, <laughs> I, I, I had gone to youth and I had, I had been a part of a youth group and they gave us a salt packet and they, our pastor said, you are the salt and the light of the earth and put this in a place as a reminder to be salt today, be light today. And um, what's crazy is then I had the play, playing card. It was like just how fast life goes and, and is your life about today or eternity? And um, what's crazy is then people would get in my car and be like, 
what is all this junk that you have all over the all over the comments? Seriously though. <laughs> and and I remember in that moment, I think you gave me a CD called Love Battles, and it was like your your first um, project, I, I guess we yeah. could say, of music, and. Um, it was just crazy to see your music then. Music was a part of who you are and a part of our friendship even. And then to see, like, later you ended up making a Salt and Light album and now the yeah. Desert EP. But, man, we've been friends for over a decade. Now we're both pastors, both married. God's got a lot of friendship, a lot of phone calls, conversations, yeah. um, and a lot of miles in our life. And will you just talk about how did you start doing music? What was your first project? And how has God used this gift and passion in your life? Yeah, so it all started, you know, joining. I joined choir in middle school and then did it through high school. And then actually my my teacher, Judy Sagan, she like brought the gift out of me. She's like, you have a gift, you should use it. Gave me opportunities. And that built my confidence. And then uh, I started actually making beats. And so that's where Ms. Beats comes in. And I was yeah. making beats for our dancing friends. Cause we had like dance class in school and all that. And so I started doing that. And then one of them started rapping and then I'm like, Hey, I'll sing and rap with you. And that was all in 2009, 2010. And so again, it wasn't safe. So I was making music, you know, just in the world, trying to have fun, trying to be accepted through it that way. And that's where my first project love battles came. And it was sweet because I gave it to Josiah <laughs> And there were shades, like on the last song, there were shades of like God was doing something in my mm -hmm. life, even though I didn't know For it. Sure. Because I'm talking about how like it's been, my life's been empty, but this is what really matters. And it, were the, it was the things like of God's kingdom in a way, but I was portraying it in a different way. And so I just remember Josiah, like after I got like connected with God, saved, you're like, I could tell God was doing something because of that last song. And, um, yeah, that was, so that's where music started. And then I wanted to give it up, honestly. I don't know if you guys know that, but I, I was going to give it up um, because it was so dark. It was a, it was a place for me to escape, to write about, you know, things that I was struggling with, just easy to write about those things. But then I was like, Lord, I'm going to give it up. And then it was again, a spring break. I was home from school and just talking with God. And he was like, you know, you can make music for me and my glory. Deep. And I'm like, oh, snap. And so I wrote a worship song. I actually, I actually wrote a worship song. And uh, that was the beginning of making music for the glory of Jesus Christ. And I've been doing it ever since, yeah, 2000, March 2011 was when that started. So. Wow. Mike, well, we're so thankful that you didn't give up on that passion or that dream that God had given you and how you just kind of shifted that vision of worldly things to godly things. Would you yeah. be willing to share, um, well, obviously the new EP came out, I think it was last Friday, right? So yes. Desert EP came out a week before this was recorded. So if you're listening a week ago from this recording, um, that's when he released his EP, Desert. Um, what inspired this um, EP for you? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so I was reading a book that honestly inspired it by uh, Alicia Sholey. And there was this excerpt where she's talking about how we can view things for what they have to offer. And she was talking about a desert and she's like, it's barren, it's stark. It's a place that could kill you instantly. There's no water. Um, but honestly, if you look at it with a different perspective, you see that it is actually beautiful. And like when you look up at the night sky, all the stars you can see, 
and it's it's vast and it has its own beauty and so i played with that idea and then i wanted to take a journey that's where the lord came in. he's like let's take a journey from someone who's starting in a desert season in song one and two and then connecting with god in song three and four and then like ending with this connection with god in songs five and six and that's where feel alive comes in and leaning in because like when we connect with god no matter the circumstance um, we get his viewpoint, his perspective, and we we feel alive. I mean, that's that's what I say. It says, "Plug me in." I'm all wired up right now. When we plug into God, dude, we get his his juices, his DNA, you know. And like, it doesn't matter what we're going through. We're feeling alive because his glory is like all up in us. So that's like, that's the journey of desert. I love it. I get goosebumps when you said that. This that storyline of what God was speaking and how He was unfolding that to you. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and Mike, you're one of like, maybe, th- I don't even know if I, I was going to say maybe three people, but I don't know if I've ever seen anyone who has been so dedicated to God, to music, and God's given you this unique ability to write songs consistently, quickly, and deeply. Like there's always a new song in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, in your <laughs> journal. And it's just been crazy to see like, hit after hit, song after song, season after season. And um, we use that song with your permission and rights. Thank you for that, by the way, sincerely. Um, I don't know of another podcast that does that in the world, but Feel Alive is the song that we use at the beginning and at the end of every episode of Young Adults Not Today for this show. And I I don't know of another podcast that does that. To us, it's a big deal. And can you tell us what inspired you, just even on one step deeper, to, to write that song, Feel Alive? Yeah, I mean, it, it does come out of John 15 for the most part, um, plug me in. But then, like, I think the thing with music is, like, it's an alternative to the music that's out in the world that, you know, that doesn't help our soul. It, it, it distracts us. It takes us away from the things of God. So the other part is, like, dude, let's just have a banger for the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's going to be fun. <laughs> And a part of a part of my story is that I went to school for aviation, and so I have this love for flying and airplanes. And so there's a lot of aircraft innuendos in the song. And so, in that first, you know, verse, I'm talking about like l- the look of an airplane and like how fast it is, and then going up in the sky, and you you feel so alive when you're like taken in, like the world and your perspective of life from a bird's eye view, from a God view. Um, and so that was the other part, just having fun with, you know, something that God put passion to me for, which is flying. And so that's the, that's the heart of the song. Well, and Mike, along with that song, I just want to add in my life, one thing that happened when, when you gave your life to Christ and when God saved you, it really took my faith to the next level of seeing how real God was, of how he answered prayers, he showed up in your life. And you were a person that demonstrated to me early in my young adulthood of how cool it could be to follow Jesus. Following God is an adventure. It's fun. It should be like a like a like you say, like a banger song for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well dude, and and rocking with God is an adrenaline rush. If you again have that perspective and it you know, when you're taken off for your first time in a small plane, dude, your adrenaline is crazy. And that's what it's like when we're connected with God. Yeah. Like, it's an adrenaline rush of, of kingdom, you know? That's awesome. Well, Mike, we know that you had that adren- adrenaline rush and you connected with God, I believe, when you were a freshman in college. Is that correct? 
Yeah. You're yeah, a freshman in college. And while you were at UND, you were enrolled in for aviation, but you also got discipled through a campus on the UND campus right here, and it's called Chi Alpha. And now yeah. you're giving back to Chi Alpha in an, an amazing way. And we're so grateful that you're on our team when we say this, that you're giving back into a full-time ministry, pastoring the students at the same campus that you attended when you found Christ. Yes, sir. And That's you right. are like an alum. Everything's got, you have so many things um, moving. And what is it like to be a part of a ministry on a college campus that you were once a part of as a student? How would you describe that? Process oh, man. Of <laughs> well, I mean, it, it gives you this like this extra sense of of how special it is that that God, again, brought me to this campus and I had no clue why. And now being able to fulfill it, you know, with this, we're an aviation school, business school, um, medicine school with like doctors and nurses and stuff like that. But the things I learned give me such an advantage on my campus. Um Wow. And so that's that's really special to be able to connect, have the, the aviation language, connect with students in that way. And honestly, it's just emotional to to still walk these streets and, you know, into these buildings and be like, wow, my journey has been incredible here. And again, with I just love it because I feel like it's such a strategic mission field. You yeah. Know, like, like students are leaving their home for the first time, you know, and they're, they're out on their own making these life decisions for the first time without maybe as much parental guidance. Mm -hmm. And like, they're making decisions about who Jesus is and what their faith is going to look like. And we get to come alongside them and be a part of that. And that's one of my favorite parts about giving back as a campus missionary, because that's what happened to me. Like I had questions, I had concerns. And there were people that came into my life that helped steer the ship um, to get there. So, yeah, it's it's amazing to be here. And I, it's just an honor to serve God in this way. You know, there is some data and some research um, that shows, like, both in young adult ministries as well as campus ministries on a college or university setting that some of the most successful in terms of long-lasting fruit that remains, you know, John 15, you mentioned, you know, abiding. Some of the most successful college ministries are led by alumni of that campus. And some of mm. the most sustainable young adult ministries are led by individuals who grew up in that church. And so sometimes yeah. it's, a, it's a position that a campus will hire or, or really target a, an alumni or churches will really target maybe a young adult who's just out of um, college and they've grown up. They have the DNA of Christ. They have the DNA of that setting, that school, the university, or the church. And um, I just wanted to highlight that. And in, in addition, in the Chi Alpha world, Chi Alpha stands for Christ Ambassadors. It's a campus ministry across the U.S. and across the globe um, of of many, many campuses, a few hundred campuses um, that have Chi Alpha. And you actually have a role on your campus at UND, as well as in your area, the, the Midwest Great Plains area of, of the United States, as you're one of the area liaisons for Chi Alpha International, XAI, mm -hmm. and you've been leading ministry to university students who are international students, foreign exchange students at UND for quite some time. 
And you mentioned at UND, a lot of people will come from across the globe to study mm-hmm. aviation or nursing right. or or um, pre-med as well as just business. And there's a lot of international business students. But what can you tell us about international student ministry? Yeah, honestly, it it's such a privilege. I mean, my, my journey started was, you know, it kind of came across of like the Lord's like, Mike, do you love your international or Mike, do you love your your campus. I'm like, yes, Lord, I love the campus. And that's like, do you love your students? Yes, Lord. And then do you love your international students? And I'm like, uh, I don't really think about them. So I can't really say yes. And my heart just broke at that moment. And that's where the commissioning of, um, I felt like my main objective as a pastor here was to reach international students because my heart broke for them. Not many were doing it. And still, it's still such a newer thing that can be seen as a side project to right. ministry as a whole, when really um, we're all mandated and commanded by the call of the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. So um, I'm just like, I want to make a difference in that area. So I want all of us to make a difference in that area. And so the view, the viewpoint of international ministry that I love is that the Lord is bringing the nations to us. Right. You know, it's this Crazy. idea of reverse missions Hmm. and a story that impacted me by, by one of my leaders was he was sitting at a graduation and he saw one of his friends. I was an international student walk and get his diploma. And he was like, I brought him here to meet Christ and he's leaving with Christ. And he's like, yes, Lord, that was, that was awesome. Like, I'm so glad I got to be a part of his life. And then a couple moments later, there's another student that's an international student that walks across, gets his diploma. He's like, I brought that student to come to know me, um, but he's leaving here without me. Mm. And, you know, like his heart broke and those stories break my heart. So I, I truly believe that the Lord is bringing international students to the campus for us to meet them and to introduce them to who Jesus Christ is, or at least plant those seeds, you know? And um, I just, I just know that like it's his goal again, isn't like Jesus goal, I believe isn't for us to just make international friends, but to take uh, international students from friendship to this place of leadership. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of our main objectives is to take students from friendship to leadership so that they can be a truly like re not, you know, like they can make disciples. Mm -hmm. They can make not just, hey, we came to America, experienced, you know, a ministry, experienced Jesus, and then they go home. And then they're like, oh, that was a American experience. And then Jesus becomes an American experience. And so like for us, the goal is to take students from friendship to leadership. And so that's our goal. That's my goal. I wanna uh, equip students, American students to, disciple international students and break that that barrier that that um that language barrier that can you know be like oh that's a tall wall to break down like i'm just not going to do anything so to equip our american students to make an impact but then also see our international students that are involved get mm-hmm. saved plant back in um to their country um and become a missionary we're places we can't go and see our family trees grow so um, in good. that way in another country where we may never go but because we're obedient like god's gonna do something in their lives and cause them to have their own family tree start in say japan or indonesia or india wherever the wherever they come from and god brings them to us mike i think that's just a beautiful illustration of god's bringing the people to us to change the nations mm-hmm. like the nations are coming 
into our churches. They're coming onto our campuses. They're coming, you know, into our homes. And I remember just leading a Bible study that was a bunch of students that were here continuing their education. And there were a bunch of females and they were attending the church that we were at. And there was like 20 young women speaking Spanish and French. And I, I became the minority in the Bible study I was leading. And I knew that they were going back to Colombia and they were going back to a Buddhist upbringing. They're back going back to mm -hmm. a family that, you know, practice Hinduism or whatever. And they became Christians while they were here. And they're like, I want to go back to my country to see my family come to Christ. Yeah. So I think there's something yeah. so awesome and significant because when they leave, you're like, oh, dang, like all these girls are leaving. And you're like, Oh, hold up. But they're going somewhere, like you said, that I can't go, that I'm never going to be called to go. And right. they already have the community. They have the influence. They have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. And they have access to their family and their village or wherever. And I'm not going to be the one that goes there. But if I can equip somebody to mm. go where mm -hmm. I cannot go, well, yeah. my word, I'm going to do it. So... Mike, what would you say to the leader who's listening? Maybe there's a church leader listening. Maybe it's a lead pastor um, who believes that God has asked them to invest in international students. And what would you say is the best place to start with an international student in a church? Like, what advice would you give to that leader? Yeah, well, I would, I would definitely start by getting it in your DNA at the top. I would say that is the most pivotal thing that has happened in our, in our, like with our Chi Alpha team. And so there is a book. Can I reference a book? Of course. Can I, can I throw of course. a book out there? Yes, yeah, we're all about so, life-changing resources. Cool. So our team, like during the summer, we read this book. It's called Crossing or Ministering Cross Cultures. And it's the third edition by Sherwood Lingenfelter and Marvin Mayer. And it's an easy read and it's just a great way to begin thinking in a cross-cultural way instead of just in our American ways. Say it one more time, Mike. Yeah, Ministering Cross-Culturally by Sherwood Lingenfelter and Marvin Mayers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and so again, it's just like, we have our own lenses that we can view life through and everywhere else in culture, it could be different and different than ours. And that doesn't make it wrong, it just makes it different. Right. Um, but we can view it wrong through our lens because of the way we were brought up and vice versa. So being able to put on the shoes and look through lenses is so important. Um, but with that, again, starting at the top, I think a great place to start is how much like in your staff meetings or in your meetings, are you actually talking about international ministry is a great place to start measuring like, cause it shows how much you care per se about international ministry. So if you feel called to it, talk about it with your staff, start beginning that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, another place that we started looking, which was a little hard at first. So don't hear what I'm not saying, but it's just like, okay, if we care about the nations or we feel like we have to reach the nations, how much of our finances or our budget are we going to put towards reaching the nations? And that was a sobering thing for us. Cause we're like, Oh no, I don't, I don't really know if we're doing anything intentionally. And so we've actually started to do that on a monthly basis. Um, and then I'll go into like where now um, a great, another great place to start is in prayer. I remember as a CMIT, yeah. as an intern, uh, my pastor was like, it's a big, and it was funny, he used more airplane language, which is great <laughs> for me, but he's like, this is a big airplane. And so you need a lot of runway to take this baby off to mm. be effective. And uh, I remember we just started praying for a semester. And so I would encourage any, 
you know, young adult leader or minister, pastor to begin praying for the nations, especially the ones that are in your reach. Find out what cultures they're from, what countries, and begin praying for them and crying out to them. And again, with your ministry, you know, it's from the top, begin to talk about it even with your body. However you see fit, it doesn't have to be from the pulpit. It can be through video, through email, you know, it can be creative with it. Um, but again, prayer was so key for us. We just started mobilizing students to pray. And that truly started like the movement that we have here at UND. Um, and then lastly, hosting. Food is huge, you guys. <laughs> Utilize Food is the, the language of the world, I would say, besides music. And so yeah. like we, they come to us, we get to host them in our nation. And so let's be great hosts and just like throw big parties and eat cultural food, like cheeseburgers and hot dogs, you know, <laughs> classic American stuff. And then, hey, what can, what can we make that's from your culture to help them feel welcome or like start cooking together is a great way to start uh, practically. Amazing. Wow, what, what a great, Resource And when, when we talked about this episode, I did not know that we would maybe land here, but I want to zero in and, and press into this topic of sure. international students because, Mike, we've heard it said that four years of the university moment, if you will, four years of a, a student's life impact the next 40 and beyond. And I think of how much, mm. so, how much more so for the individual who's coming here cross-culturally. Their, their time in America is going to be their university years. And so to host a meal, to have a friendship dinner, to, to move from, from friendship to leadership, it's going to cost us prayer. It's going to cost mm-hmm. us finances. It's going to cost us time and energy and resource. But Jesus made sure to let us know that things of great value were always worth a great cost. And so yeah. I love that you said, like, are we doing anything with our budget? Because I think that's a great place to start. Are we praying about this? And I just think of a moment where um, your first concert that you ever did, I think it was a Salt and Light concert. It was at the Ember <laughs> yeah. venue in uh, near University of North Dakota. And I visited, and I think I, I was one of the MCs at your first concert. And I remember um, stayed in your dorm, visited you on the campus, and my heart had already been burdened for young adults, 18 to 30 year olds. But on our way home, I bet it was 11 midnight. I bet it was a Friday night in January. And I saw a scene of two college girls leaving a party, walking. One of them barely had any clothes on. And not to be graphic, but I saw something that broke my heart for university students that was like, goosebumps. It was like tears. I was wrecked. And Mm. may God always develop an anguish and a burden for college students, for young adults. May God today make that burden fresh. And even today through this episode, may our burden towards the nations Mm -hmm. be fresher than ever. May God do something in our heart that he calls us to Jerusalem, our own city, to Judea, our own region. But to Samaria, to, to the very ends of the earth, and even to our campus, to the students who don't look like us, who don't talk to, yeah. like us. They don't maybe even eat the food that we eat, but someone's going to reach them. Is it going to be the parties? Is it going to be the praise parties? And so, Mike, yeah. lean in for a moment, and if there's a young adult leader, a campus pastor, a volunteer with an existing ministry that has a burden 
God's like developing an anguish in their heart. He's already called them to the international students and they're saying, yes, amen, like, yes, yes, that's me. What's the best way that maybe they can serve international students who may already be in their setting? Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of want to lead with, with what you were like, to play off your coattails a little bit, Josiah, because when I even think about Jesus, um, he was a cross-cultural being. Right. Like he came from heaven into our world, even though God created, and he ministered cross-culturally. And mm-hmm. like, we get to do that um, as the nations are brought to us. And so for that person, I mean, again, a, a place that we started, we didn't know what we were doing is, is to open up, just open up your home, start there, open up like your facility and just host a meal. I, I know I said that again, but I, that has been a staple and a foundational place for us is to, to do food. But um, another thing that's, that's been really helpful that takes like the least amount of energy is to invade what's already going on. And what I mean by that is, so if you're at a college campus or a place where internationals have something to do, go, just go there and have an, uh, you know, just have it on your heart to, to meet one or two international students and, and go for that, uh, set up for that coffee or like a later hangout, like, because it can be really difficult for us to have something that's going to draw them to, to us. And like, that's a lot of manpower. That's a lot of energy Mm -hmm. on our part, but if the school or something else in your community is already doing something, man, you can just attend and use, utilize that um, to start building these relationships and going forward. And again, uh, depending on what culture, um, I noticed a lot with like the Eastern culture, like the farther Eastern culture, like one-on-one ministry is so effective. That's where they're going to open up and uh, talk about things that were difficult or ask the questions about, okay, who is God? If they, if they don't know God, one of my, one of my favorite memories is, and it's just cause there's so much innocence in it and just, they're not exposed to it as, I was like, oh, do you know who Moses is? And the student was like, what's a Moses? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my, oh my word, like the blessing that we have because wow. of the way we were raised. And so those one-on-one conversations, like give them that freedom to open up and be vulnerable. So one-on-ones are so powerful, but if you're working with like Middle Eastern culture, like it's so hard to get them one-on-one. And so the group setting is really just utilize that. Hey, if a student from Saudi Arabia uh, won't meet with you one-on-one, but he'll meet four-on-one, go for it, go for it. And then I've always taught, like, they want to learn English. They want to have conversations. And then if you get the opportunity, if the door opens, like we start talking about Jesus or start talking about scripture. And that's been awesome. And it is so possible. I know there's like a, there can be a fear at times about, talking about your faith with maybe someone that's a Muslim. But I I stand here and talk to you guys today that I have Muslim friends that respect me for what I stand for as a pastor. So you can break through, you really can break through these um, these stereotypes that all oh, like, it's scary to talk and, and reach a, a person from the Arab world. It's totally doable. Um, just be you and 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 just engage in, 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 um, in conversation and relationship. Um, so those are some of the biggest things. And then again, it's time spent with them. That's going to, you're going to see the most fruit. So again, you were talking about cost, Josiah and Micah, and it it is going to cost you. And so something that, that we have really 
uh, pushed for and encourage our students to do um, is bring an international student home with them for a holiday. That and is that's, amazing. We've seen amazing fruit from them. Wow. They're spending endless amount of hours. Like some of them are brought to the farm. They're getting to ride horses. They're getting that experience of uh, the Thanksgiving meal. And that that creates the vulnerability and the relationship that leads to those conversations that we so desperately want to have, which is about Christ and exposing him. And so just engaging in our traditions with them. They want to learn about our culture. And that's another great way to start. It's like, hey, we're decorating our Christmas tree. You want to come see what that's all about. And it's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> we did that last year. And, oh, man, now I'm thinking about it. Like, we had so many students in our home last year just decorating a tree for the first time. Um, and they loved it because they don't, they don't have that. You right. know, they come from places that don't celebrate Christmas. That's amazing. Mike, we absolutely love your heart. We love your passion. We love the calling that God has on your life. But we really admire your faithfulness and obedience yeah. in the process mm, of discovering uh, what does God have for me? What does he have for this campus? What does he have for the international students? Um, and we just want to lean into you even more because we come to our favorite. We can invade you now. Cool. You said invade what's going on. So invade what's already going on. So we already have you here, and we have reached the point in our um, message where we just kind of come. The last five minutes, it's called five and five. We have five fire rapid questions coming your way. And so I'll kick it off with question number one. We got five minutes. Try to stick with it. Let's see if you can do it. Are you ready, Mike? Yes, I'm ready. All right, all stretched out. Okay, what has surprised you about college students and young adults and the next generation the most in your experience? Uh, man, I would say, I would say the concern about image maintenance has been mm. really interesting to me. Um, and it's not just one screen, it's like five screens and just image upkeep. And it's, it's actually led to such a like identity crisis within, within them. And, you know, students have become more like skeptical and they want to protect who they are and they feel like they're being watched. And so that adds a new like aspect of, Ooh, I need to really gain their trust and like, they need to give me access for me to really influence them for the love of Christ and to love them in that way. So that's been really interesting. Wow. Image maintenance and image management is something that ministry leaders can definitely relate to young people mm -hmm. on. And let me ask you this. What is your favorite event you've ever done and why? Oh, hands down, fall retreat. And I would tack in salt on that because, it's the again, it's the time spent um, with these students over a weekend, getting away from the campus, unplugging, and then, you know, just being in the presence of God, learning at a rapid level, like at a rapid rate, instead of like once a week, you know, at small group, you get a bunch of times of learning about God, having fun together. And then we always have baptisms too. And just seeing the life change, you know, when they come out of the water, they're like, yeah, like it's, it's so fun and rewarding to see what God's doing at, at our retreats that we have. And, you know, you mentioned something twice now is spending time. And I thought of your previous response of just spending time with students who probably can't afford a flight back to their homeland or home country mm -hmm. for Christmas. And so the choice is they could sit in their dorm room by themselves 
or on a fall break. A lot of students leave and maybe go home, but instead to spend time with them, in the, invite them to a fall retreat, share time together, or share a Thanksgiving break together, even serve their needs, take them grocery shopping is, yeah. is something that you guys have done so, so well. And thanks for letting us lean in and, and learn from you on that one. And Mike, we also know that those weekend getaways or those weekend retreats, um, a lot of life happens there. So have you, would you be willing to share one of your favorite stories of life change that you've been willing or able to experience? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll keep it brief, but it happened last year where we, we literally saw one of two of our students go from friendship to leadership from Japan. Amazing. Uh, they got one got saved at fall retreat or right before got baptized um, at our fall retreat in October. And then the other one at our salt conference in January, she got saved on Saturday night, got baptized on Sunday night. And the thing that's beautiful is it stuck and they were involved in our XAI stuff, um, taught them as much as we could before they left um, for home. And now, oh, like now we've seen uh, this amazing woman of God, like be unashamed in Japan. And she plugged into a church and she's totally re-entered with the mind of Christ, like at the forefront, she's making an impact in Japan where it's less than 1% Christian. Amazing. And like, it's the big, it's the best reward to see them re-enter and that we made an impact in her life. So, so fun. And that's, we chalk that up to only God. That's, yeah. that's amazing what God does. And there's also those moments where God helps us in our greatest weakness. And would you be willing to lean in and tell us one of the most epic failures you've ever experienced in ministry? We love asking guests and leaders this question. Uh, well, I can tell you a funny one quick. I, I broke part of our trailer because I went over a curb leaving the park and the, it totally unhitched, tore up the grass in the park and I like broke it. Um, and I had to like manually grab it and pull it back to the, oh, it was ridiculous. But on a more serious note, I would say my biggest failure has been not taking enough risks. Mm. And uh, I, I, I want to take more risks moving forward, not playing it safe, knowing that this is comfortable for me. So I would say that's my biggest failure is not taking risks. Oh man, well, we love risk taking and taking risks. So we're gonna ask you this question. If you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult minister, ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Man, that's there's pressure there, but I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with, um, does your ministry look like what heaven looks like? And where that comes from is Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10. And it talks about how every tribe, every tongue, every nation is worshiping God um, all together. And so in America, we have such a multicultural right. place now. Yeah. There's the nations are among us. Mm -hmm. Does our ministry look like that? Do we have people from all nations, all different backgrounds, every tribe, tongue and nation involved in our ministry right now? Because that's what heaven's going to be like. That's so good. That's an amazing, almost commissioning and challenge. And I, I think that ties in perfectly with where we really landed. Um, we talked about hip hop, we talked about music, we talked about our friendship and just the blessing that you've been as a gift from God to Micah and I and to a whole lot of people and students that you serve. But really we zeroed in today on the focus of the nations and some will be called to go. Mm -hmm. All yes. of us are called to give. 
all of us are called to pray. And on some level, many of us will be sent to go. And then on, on the flip side, almost that in reverse, like you said, the nations are among us. The nations are coming to us. Mm-hmm. And does our ministry look like heaven? And I think that's a great way to pray. I think that's a great way to be challenged, to be uplifted, and to be edified and encouraged with, and to land the plane, the airplane, uh, <laughs> today of this conversation on that note of may we be open to the Spirit of God leading us towards mm-hmm. heaven, towards heaven on earth and and to have it here as it is in heaven. And so Mike, Ms. Ms. Beats, our friend, thank you so much for who you are, for just blessing us with your presence on this conversation today. And thanks so much for joining us. You guys as listeners can find out more about Ms. Beats, University of North Dakota Chi Alpha, as well as XAI, Chi Alpha International, as well as the latest EP, from Ms. Beats called Desert when you connect with us on our website at youngadults.today as well as social media across all platforms, youngadults.today. So until next time, plug me in. I'm all wired up right now. We are feeling alive. This is Josiah (laughs) Keneally with Ms. Beats hosting youngadults.today. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.